Hey, what's up, everybody? David Michael here. Just wanted to give a quick disclaimer before we start today's show. Now, every year we try to do this sort of DJ hardware update type of show to kind of talk about the things that have come out in the previous year, new controllers, new mixers, stuff like that. Due to Trip having surgery, we needed to record this episode ahead of time because we knew he would be recovering. And so, like clockwork, as you could probably predict, as soon as we recorded this episode, a couple of really exciting hardware announcements came out. And so I just wanted to say something about that before we got started today because I know somebody's going to wonder why we didn't talk about some of the new stuff that's come out from Rain and others. So, just to let you guys know, I'm going to give you guys a quick update on all those items in the next episode so tune in next week to get some more exciting hardware updates and just to get some idea of what's going on in the industry right now sorry that we couldn't get them in this time but we will talk to you guys next week where our main segment will actually be an exciting interview with one of the people on the team for mixed in key so we're going to be talking about harmonic mixing and that sort of thing it's going to be a lot of fun so until then enjoy today's show What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and we're the dynamic duo today. I'm here with Mr. Trip Turlington. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? You feeling all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to see if we can get through a recording without any thunder noises <laughs> in the background. Do you, th- do you think it's possible? I think tonight we, we might actually have a chance. I, I think this must be like the floodiest of all stormy summers, I'm, too. I'm telling you, like, I, it, like today finally got the grass mode after literally two weeks because like it's just oh, been nothing but rain nothing but rain nothing but rain wait like, did you mow the grass no oh no okay, good while i've been injured we've we've actually <laughs> had a uh, uh a service coming out and doing it which is much to my chagrin because that's that's a painful bill yeah. to pay because I, I like to cut the grass so <laughs> well, we, we have a guy and he he came over today and i was talking to him and i was like Dude, like, I know it's been real stormy and stuff. I'm like, but do we just have the grownest ass yard I've ever seen? Or have they all been like this? And he goes, they've all been like this. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I could easily be cutting these all twice a week with no problems. Right, right. And so when we actually, when we recorded episode 100 and you guys all came over there at the beginning, <laughs> Mike Donovan was out there making fun of us because, you know, he's always posting pictures of his grass of his perfect and stuff grass and his beautiful that. lawn. And he's like, oh, what you got going on there, Dave? <laughs> Shut up. Well, I mean, but I mean, but that was, I mean, uh, and that was shortly after a near disaster for episode 100. Yeah. Well, the night before, I mean, right. I, I mentioned it on the stream, but it was, you know, I didn't really have a chance to talk about it. It was like, there was a river running through where we were recording <laughs> right. literally like, and what happened was I had the, the gutters of my house backed up. Uh, and yeah. so 
it was just kind of dumping over, you know, Mm -hmm. but the way it was all, it was raining so hard that it was just kind of dumping onto the little patio landing in front of the door. And it was just all rushing in into the door, into the door. And, you know, luckily my wife, my wife had gone out there early that morning to get her computer or something. And she's like, she, she takes a step and goes splash. And she's like, oh, uh oh, and she knew, you know, I've been it took me forever to set up all that episode 100 live stuff. Right. right. So she knew I'd been out there mess and had cords all over the place and stuff. So she runs in the house like, oh, (laughs) so man, that was a disaster. Buckets, grab some towels. Let's go. It was. I grabbed every towel I could find. I had, you know, I like detail in my my Trans Am. So I had a bunch of. um uh, microfiber towels, oh, super yeah, absorbent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I tossed all those down and grabbed all the bath towels and a sponge mop. And I was luckily I hadn't put any gear on the floor. Right, right. Um, I I had so I had my DJM eight fifty on the floor, but luckily it it missed that. Oh, that was wow. the only thing I had had on the floor. Wow. So it, yeah, it was it was pretty close. But yeah, I shook off some <laughs> some cables and <laughs> and we were good to go. <laughs> Ran that big old fan I've got mounted to the back. Yep, and, yep. Man, that yeah. was yeah. Because as soon as you sent that message, I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I was I was worried, but I mean, yeah, everything everything went off with a hit, without a hit. It yeah. was crazy too when I pulled the stuff out of the gutters. It was just like whoosh. <laughs> like I mean, I was like, those gutters somehow made like twenty psi of water. I'm telling <laughs> you, sure. people <laughs> underestimate that. I mean, I'm one of them. Yeah. I, I used to, I you know, I used to be the worst about neglecting gutters and stuff. But uh, we had a sim, not a similar situation in that water didn't come into the house, but like it was just overflowing so bad that then it was like back flowing into like or onto our wraparound porch mm. so like you couldn't even like walk out the door without getting hit with a bunch of rain <laughs> you know water you know <laughs> yeah. from from the gutter and it was like ah. is your so, basement flood uh here yeah no. we, oh, that's, that's we over on one wall we like when it really really rains we get a little bit of seepage you know that's not uh, too bad. but yeah it's nothing that it, it, it's nothing to worry about yeah because i you know the i've heard so many horror stories in fact tony has one i think of losing a bunch of rec, not records but like oh, record sleeves yeah. and oh, stuff yeah. to to water damage i i had i did have that happen the first house that i ever bought and i had you know all of my gear set up down in the basement but um i hadn't built any shelves yet or anything like that for the record so they were all literally just you know, I had the framing done and all of that. You know, I just hadn't put up drywall yet. Mm-hmm. So I just had all of this stuff like set up against a wall. And then, um, and the foundation had developed a crack. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, it, we got like some horrendous rain and all of it just starts coming in. And I didn't notice it until a couple of days later. And I go down there and yeah, I, I had a bunch of sleeves that just, I mean, they, they just didn't make it rest in peace so. yeah that's you don't have to worry about well i guess you do have to worry about like your your iphone or android getting water damaged if, but right. i guess you would well it depends on your android i've got the s7 which is waterproof up to three feet for 30 minutes oh, so <laughs> burn me once <laughs> no doubt no doubt so we normally do this kind of summer hardware review type you know at least once a year where we just kind of catch up on what's come out this year so yeah. far and some of it is stuff that we've already talked yeah, about. we've touched on and yeah, yeah. but you know we haven't dedicated a whole episode to it and right. i think we're going to touch on some of that pioneer and serato stuff that's going on yep, as we yep. as we go here so um 
actually, why don't you lead us into the first one? This is a, a perfect introduction. Yeah. So um, big news coming out of Pioneer DJ, actually. Um, so everybody who uh, has been experimenting and playing around with uh, the new Pioneer DJ uh, uh, digital DJ software, um, now they have uh, introduced what is called Interface 2, which is the audio interface uh, for DVS. Right. So Interface 2 doesn't mean version 2. It means it's like uh, two inputs two, and outputs or right, something. Two channels. Two yep, channels. Yep, 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 right. Yep. So this is kind of like uh, you know Pioneer as they start becoming becoming more and more independent, independent from, from Serato, yep. seemingly. Yep. Uh, this is kind of their breakout box in, in the uh, the same vein as the, the SSL, you know, Serato boxes or right. whatever they're called it, now. Yeah, the, the old ones were the SSL, the Scratch Live, and now they're uh, SL3, uh, 4, and I, I don't know what they're up to now. I, I actually own an SL3. Uh, that I use for shows and stuff like that when uh, when I'm not on Pioneer gear, um, but uh, yeah. It, and just so f- for those who aren't familiar, the the idea here is that it's a you know separate audio interface that uh, you know like an external sound card, but you can input your turntables or CDJs, CDJs or whatever into it yep, yep. and play time code, and it's its own time code device, so you can play right. MP3s. Um, manipulate them as if you're scratching records and and so on um and this is not paired to any particular mixer so if you have like a zone 92 or something that you really really like you can, you can still, still use record box dvs exactly but yeah bring your own mixer yep uh so yeah what are some of the features here um so it um your typical 96 kilohertz i think that's pretty standard now you know yeah for uh, super high quality so i mean just a a one caveat to that is that just because it says it can do ninety six thousand doesn't mean that most of our music yeah yeah most of our doesn't mean that matters at all (laughs) yeah most of our music today if you're doing lossless i would say most of it is probably 48 uh, and if you're doing MP3s, you're most likely at 44.1. But you know, if you're the type that you know you do your own um, uh, music and you do bounce things out to 96, this thing can handle it. And so, looks like it's coming out at a price of 2.99, and that comes with control vinyl and license for Recordbox DVS. That's really not bad. And even better, it also comes with an AC adapter. <laughs> <laughs> All you Serato people, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Okay, you so, have to explain to the dumb tractor user over here <laughs> what you're talking about. So when uh, when uh, Serato is you know uh, at the top of this game, you know all of their uh, uh, audio interface uh, units did not come with an AC adapter. So, so it's like this laptop's compatible and this one's not. Did it start no, that whole thing? No, no, no. It, it, it just did the AC adapter for, for this. So what would happen is, is you would get these like, um, uh, like pops mm. when you're trying to do, uh, the, um, when you're trying to do the transition from one DJ oh, to another, it's not grounded or anything. Right. And you know, so the unit loses all power. So then once it plugs into the next one, then, you know, then it has to power back up yep. and do it. Yep. Now, I mean the whole Serato, you know, digital, uh, the whole DVS like uh, transition thing was always kind of a, a vibe killer, you know, when all of that was going on, yeah. unless everybody was able to have, you know, their own boxes. You all and, talked beforehand and used the same laptop. Exactly. And the- <laughs> right. Or, you know, the, or you, or, 
you know, God forbid we have three Serato boxes all on the same right. machine and okay. So this guy's playing on these channels, this guy's playing on these channels, you know, that sort of thing. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so like, and that was just always a, a real, uh, pain in the ass that like w- nobody understood why Serato didn't just include an AC adapter. Um, and so most of us, you know, who thought about it, you know, we just went to, um, we just went to Radio Shack and got, you know, the the, you yeah. know, the right voltage adapter and, uh, you know, it was a few bucks, you know, and, and so that helped. But um, so I think it's just funny if you go to Pioneer DJs, uh, PioneerDJ.com and find the, the spec sheet for uh, the interface to like one of the bullet points is that it comes with <laughs> an yep. AC adapter because that's actually <laughs> a selling point when compared with Serato. Yeah, you know, I never really thought about that, but it, it makes a lot of sense because I have, I still have a, um, you know, on the tractor side, I have a, uh, what's it called? Audio 8, Audio DJ 8, oh, Audio yeah, 8 yeah, DJ. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. um, so, you know, before the, the newer line came out and they were bus powered, there was right. no uh, AC adapter for it. And I, that's why I kept the 8. I liked it. Yeah, I preferred that because it was just one less thing for me to mess with. Well, sure, yeah. But I never thought about that scenario, like changeovers. And, right. you know, I've I've always kind of used it as a backup solution anyway, mm-hmm. you know, because I right after I got that thing, I got the, uh, what was that, Denon X1600, DNX 1600. Uh, sure. It was like a poor man's DJM. So gotcha. it had like built-in gotcha. tractor certified, uh, you know, okay. sound card and all that. And so I've always kind of had it as a backup, but I never even thought about the... Yeah. The grounding thing. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was stupid. It was really, stupid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and that was, the th- I mean, that's the cool part about the SL three is that it is also bus powered, but like, you know, everybody just always wondered, okay, well, if you're going to have a power, you know, an a-, a, a constant AC power, well, why don't you just include the adapter then? Like, I mean, you're spit, yeah. you know, at the time, I mean, think SL3s when those first came out they were every bit of $700 or more. I'm going to say Serato stuff has never been cheap. It, right. So if you're going to spend that much licensed. like just give me the freaking power adapter. <laughs> like how how expensive is that? <laughs> but well, uh, did you know that the uh, I saw within the past day or two of recording this the uh, DJM S9 Oh, uh, yeah. support is going to support record box D, uh, DVS now. That's as well. very cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I can't, I have not stopped hearing positive things about that mixer. Like everybody's oh, yeah. just falling heads over heels. If, over that if thing. I was, if I was going to go back to a two channel mixer, that would be it. What I really like about it is, uh, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. My current setup is um, the DDJSZ with uh, Technique 1200 uh, turntables uh, as my DVS solution. Uh, using Serato and um, what I what I love about the s9 mixer whenever I see one of those it's basically the same thing just in a much more compact package mm. so like you know I whenever I plug into that thing all of my cue points are there and all of the like buttons you know look the same they, they're the same color like I mean it's just a you know the transition is is not seamless but it, it translates very well, at least for me, it does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anytime I get a chance to play on that thing, I love it. But you know, I'm I'm a four channel kind of guy. Yeah. So like, if I if, you know, in my home, like I like to have all four. So I got to have a four channel mixer. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, the next little piece of info here. What do we got? Uh, we have, I think we have another Pioneer mixer. Don't yeah. We? So um, 
Looks like uh, this one is also another addition to the DVS ready oh, yeah. uh, kind of line here. Um, but uh, it's looking like the DJM 250 Mark II. Now, it looks like a, a smaller uh, version of you know your your typical um, DJM layout. Uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of no frills, no thrills, but it's, it's got, adorable, <laughs> right? It's it's so little. Um, it does come with uh, the filter effect uh, into on each independent channel. It's got your three band EQ, uh, your you know your trim levels on each channel, um, but uh, just the fact that it's you know, and it's got a Magvel fader too, and just the fact that you know it's. It's a DJM mixer in just a much smaller package, and it's DVS ready. You know, so all you got to do is is plug it in and go with uh, with RecordBox. Yeah, it's almost uh, it's a pretty bare bones as far as like if you just look yeah. at it. Right. But I mean, the fact that it has the built-in sound card with DVS and filters, you know, that's those are kind of the kind of features, or even an adjustable crossfader curve. I mean, in this kind of you know, budget lineup at a price point, you know, around 350 right. US. I mean, that's, you know, you have the built-in sound card and the filters and all that for somebody who, who just wants to get into two channel DVS mixing and then maybe, With you the know, pioneer quality. I mean, it, you know, everybody complains about the, the pioneer tax, yeah. which, you know, so 350 for a two channel mixer, you know, sounds like it's taxing a little bit, but when you're talking about your DVS ready and all of that, and you've got the build quality of DJM, which has, you know, historically been, you know, one of the standards, you know, in, in, in the club circuit. And Have you and messed with record box recently? Um, as far as using it to a uh, record box DJ to play? Yeah. Um, not out. Um, I've only used it here at the house. Um, because it turned out that it turns out that my SZ, um, not is not only Serato enabled, but because it's pioneer gear, they also enabled uh, record box for, mm. for it. So, um, so I've, I've played around with it here at the house. Uh, Cause I don't know how configurable it is, but I'm wondering like if, if somebody, they just wanted a hardware mixer like this to get mm -hmm. into DVS and then could add on, you know, a separate controller with some pads on it, you know, a modular right, right, on right. the side, sure. you know, it'd be a perfect way to start piecemealing something together, but I don't know how record box handles yeah, that. I, I'm not sure either. You know, know, because is it like Serato where it's married to things or is it like tractor where you can MIDI map whatever you want or, right. you know, I, yeah, I haven't gotten that deep with it. Like I said, because with the SZ, I've got the pads and everything already there. Yeah. So it just kind of, you know, everything just kind of magically works. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference that I have found um, between record box and, uh, Serato is basically the, um, uh, the stop time on the platter, you know? So if I have it set a certain way on Serato, then my stop time sounds one way, but if I fire up record box and don't touch that dial and then I've hit stop on you know, in record box, then it's slower. Like it's like a, about like letting go of the platter or right. like hitting the play it, pause. It, right. Yeah. Like hitting play pause on, on, on the, uh, on the controller. So like when I do that, you know, huh. it, Serato has a much quicker stop time than record box. Okay. Does. <laughs> but other than that, like, I mean, everything else seems to function really well, you know, latency, yeah. not, not, not an issue. Like it, I, I'm, and I actually kind of like, the aesthetic of record box a little bit more than Serato, but mm. I think that's just because uh, if I'm going to be honest, I think that's just because it's something new. 
oh, yeah. something new to that look at be. when when I've been on. Let's see, I've been on Serato now for 11 years. So, you know, yeah, looking at something fresh yeah. and new, you know, <laughs> but I'm on the same hardware, so everything feels the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I totally could see that that could possibly be the problem there. But, um, but yeah, so we're coming back to the uh, DJM 250, uh, you know, yeah, for 350 bucks, if, if you're, you know, balling on a budget, but you're, willing to you know jump out of the tree a little bit for you know the that that djm standard of quality and you want to get into some dvs i think that's that's probably a really good uh option yeah. for for people i think we have another similar kind of style mixer that yeah. was announced at nam yep yep so nam nam was uh, at least from all of the things that i read nam was a little odd this year yeah um you know there were a bunch of major players that either weren't on the on the main com- uh, conference floor or they you know had their own private or they booths. were denon <laughs> Which I guess I should say we kind of intentionally skipped over all the den and stuff because we've given that a lot of airtime. Yes, we have. Yeah, so I I think it it it, it bears mentioning absolutely. You know yeah. that Denon, you know uh, the hashtag changer rider uh, promo campaign, uh, the. Um, the all of their prime engine stuff and these new cd uh players that they've got out new turntables the new mixer like all of it uh, i mean at least for somebody who hasn't touched it yet it all looks super innovative super great build quality if you're looking to build an entire system and you cost compare features to dollars uh, against the Pioneer setup for Nexus, you know, you really can't beat the feature yeah. set for the money because if you're buying... All things being equal. Yeah, yeah. If you're buying, you know, two turntables and or two CDJs and a mixer, you know, once you add all of that together on Pioneer side, you know, if you go with Denon, you're going to be easily saving $1,000, you know, if, if you're buying that many pieces of gear. Um... And one of the coolest things about Denon is absolutely their their dual layer CD players. Oh, for like sure. I, th- I think it, if there's no other feature to really highlight out of that, you know, that's that's got to be it. Yeah, that's one of the killer features that, like, you say you take a younger DJ who started digitally, you right. know, would say in the past five years or something. Sure. And you 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 know, they start looking at CDJs and, you know, that's one of the features that would keep them from doing it. Like, well, I can, I can play on four decks. I can use my jog wheel to control whatever deck I want. Why right. would I want to switch it? Well, this, here's your answer. It's, right. you know, okay, this player actually plays two tracks at once. Exactly. You could play a whole set on one if you know what you're doing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's um, very smart on their part. I yeah, think. absolutely. So, I mean, you know, it just bears repeating that I think the, the biggest challenge for Denon is their hashtag change your writer. It's, it's, yeah. it's smart promo. It's, it's, it's a valiant effort, but I, I, I just think that they're going to continue to, you know, run into the, the old tribal, you know, uh, right. pioneer belongs in the booth kind of, kind of mentality. And even if it's not a tribal thing, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a practicality sure. aspect here, sure. right? Like, yeah. you know, the, the thing that keeps me, from using record box all the time is because I'm so invested in tractor. Tractor. Sure. Now I have the uh advantage or 
added benefit, I guess, of I want to go and mess with other things because of the show. So it's right. it, I have a reason to go explore something else. Right. Um, I think most playing around with Serato now for the same reason and, and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, you know, when you have such an established thing in the booth you know it's it's not just this is what belongs here it's also this is you know all my stuff is under record box right and this you know requires you to use a whole new library and not file format but like collection format whatever you want right. to call that right and so you can't just like take the same usb stick and have everything translate right you right. know right and you know, all that being said, God bless them. I mean, I, <laughs> right. you know, because it, we need more of, of absolutely. we need somebody to take them on exactly. if, if only for the competition. And right. And, drives. And, and hopefully, yeah, exactly. Hopefully what that does is drive more to aspire to the same thing. Yeah. Because, you know, as much as I love pioneer, don't get me wrong, but I mean, that pioneer tax can hurt. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, especially when they come out with so many different lines that you know it's easy to get lost in in the features of every single unit and and yeah. be wondering okay if i can't afford or i don't want to go full on cd cdj 2000 nexus 2 or djm 900 nexus 2 well then all of these numbers underneath that wh what what does all this mean you know what what features do i yeah. do i really need what features do i really want and how much is all of this going to cost me and at the end of the day if it's going to cost me almost as much as going full nexus 2 setup well then why don't i just go full nexus 2 setup yeah you know so it, it you know but but when you've got entities like denon coming into everything and saying you know look at all this stuff that we can do, you know, everything from, you know, the, the dual layer playing to, uh, analyzing tracks on the fly. You know, these things have, you know, their own computer chips in them, you know, yeah. you know, displaying album art and all kinds of really cool stuff that they're, that they're able to do. And plus they, Denon jumped on the embedded system train early enough with a really good unit with that. Right. What is it? The MCX 8,000, I think, right, right, right. which is like, Pioneer had standalone players like the XDJ R1 or whatever. Sure. But they weren't that thing. I mean, it was like a two channel, like it could stream music off your iPhone and you could, you know, it was just kind of uh, cute. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean, it was useful. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. But right. it didn't have that pro feel that, that a lot of DJs now want. Right. And when they dropped that thing, I, well, I tell you what, um, I'm overdue to update our controller compendium guide. And the comment section has been blowing up because I didn't include that thing. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, no, you're right. It's absolutely awesome. I just yeah. haven't gotten to it gotten yet. Gotten around you know, to it yet. <laughs> exactly. So, But uh, I think stuff like that helps. You know, they show that they're, they're forward thinking and they're kind of putting the other pieces into place to be like, hey, if you do want to move over here, we've got an alternative for everything we're right, not necessarily right. compatible with everything but we've got a solution for for doing that right which is smart yeah you know. so for us not talking about denon yeah, yeah. <laughs> um anyways this other mixer <laughs> right uh so you know that that i think that was obligatory i mean i think yeah. that any anybody who's talking anything about new gear in 2017 has, has to, to come up has yeah. to come up so uh now that that's out of the way <laughs> So moving on, uh, so kind of along the same lines as the uh, uh, DJM 250 Mark II, uh, we've got uh, the Mixar um, Uno Mixer, uh, and this thing 
uh, is pretty slick in that it's um, it, it it's it's a stripped down. This is also one of those like no frills. Yeah, you know, just if you need a two channel mixer, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I made the comment earlier uh, before we started recording that this thing kind of reminds me of uh the old school like newmark mixers like yeah you know there's like it's kind of just i mean there's there's no fancy graphics on it there's you know as far as the face plate and all of that you know everything is just really simple you know two channels you got a filter on either side three band eq um you know trim you've got a section for a mic input uh and then you've got your headphones that's really i mean just you know, a really simple two channel mixer here. You know, as I look at it as, as simple and bare bones as it is, you know, being a budget mixer, it actually has the couple of features that I would insist on if I were going to buy something at any price. Right. One is it has the adjustable, um, Q fade between Q and master for your headphones, which as I've talked about before, I, Oh yeah don't rely on that but if i have any choice at all that's what i'm going to to do because i like being able to go between what they're hearing and what i'm I'm hearing hearing. without moving the cup you know um and booth output which i know sounds like you know it's kind of a silly thing to bring up but that was a big thing for a while especially on budget stuff is like well where's where's the separate booth output you almost can't get away with that anymore without not having that but well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm even, glad they included that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because even here in my in my little home studio setup, you know, I I rely on it as well. You know, I've yeah. got you know my master out that goes to um, to my audio interface, which goes to you know one set of speakers. But if I want to do just you know some quiet mixing, you know, I've got these like itty bitty little monitors yeah you know that you know so if everybody else is sleeping i can still like have a booth uh, you know that's turned up just a little bit yeah do my headphone mixing and then take my headphones off and then i can still hear what it at would actually be without like waking everybody up or having to turn on everything in the studio in yep. order to to do that um one other key point about uh this uno mixer from mixars is that this is also DVS capable, uh, but oh, wow. instead of record box, it is uh, Serato. Okay, so um, that's that's another one of those like key features, similar to the the, the Pioneer DJM mixer. You know, we've got um, a, a a budget price. You know, yeah. for if you're looking for that DVS, like you can still get a bare bones two channel mixer for a lot less, but uh, for this one with the Serato built in, you were looking at about three hundred bucks. So it's really not bad. Yeah, for so for a price difference of fifty bucks, you know, you're just basically choosing the Pioneer tax versus you know going Serato. Yeah. Um, you know, with and that a, you definitely can tack on a, a Reloop Neon or a right. something with pads or something on it exactly. as you want to. Yeah, because Serato, you know, they have a bunch of different yeah. you know, gear that supports that for sure. Uh, I noticed it also has a. Uh, a, a rotary dial for the crossfade curve. Uh, so, yeah, you know, if yeah, you're, yeah. if you scratch or you do blending, you can adjust that to, to the nth degree, as opposed right. to a lot of them are, you know, a switch, yeah. you know, you, you have three modes on, yeah. especially on budget mixers. Yeah. Yeah. Even I think my DJM 850, it just has three different modes. It's really? Not even, yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, that was that was one thing that um, that I always loved about every mixer that I had that had that is, you know, because I'm not particularly a scratch artist at all. Like I, I can I can get away with a couple little like, you know, movements. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it that. Um, but I am, you know, by and large, a, a blending mixer. Yeah. You know? So um, but what I also find is that I don't like you know, the, the curve to be all the way over, you know, in that mixing, um, thing. I, mm. I like to have it somewhere in between a little bit of it, a ramp to, it or a, it, what would you, a slope, a slope, right. <laughs> but not like immediately, you know, after you come off of the sides, but you know, so I, I, I find that like, the way I like the blend is like yeah. somewhere in, in, in between all of that. Well, it's, it's funny how some of us can get so finicky about stuff like that too. Like, <laughs> right. like when Tony comes over and scratches on my setup, you know, he would, uh, on the S eight, if he's using that, he'll yeah. actually back off the, the crossfader just a little bit. Hmm. And it not necessarily because that's the optimal setting. It just happens to be the optimal setting for him for because him. Right. whatever mixer that he learned on, that was the kind he's so he's kind of emulating what he learned right you know right I mean? right so it's you know having just little little details like that to where you can find dial stuff in is kind of nice yeah no doubt so yeah uh again that's the mixars uno uh serato dvs uh stripped down uh two channel mixer you know besides uh, for about den, 300 bucks besides den and serato and dvs seem to be like recurring themes i think we have yeah. a couple more serato dvs I, I think so so as we're pulling this up it's the uh the reloop rmx 90 uh which is also dvs um and you know being uh reloop it's uh it, it is absolutely uh serato enabled so I like this one a lot. Yeah, um, this I, I like Reloop gear for for as fairly inexperienced as I am with it. Sure. I mean, I I had uh, you know they sent me a Terminal Mix Eight to play with for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I messed around with the Neon a little bit, which is just a little modular controller. The Terminal Mix Eight was like a full size DJ controller, right? Right. You know, right. Uh, Big ass jog wheels on it and stuff, and <laughs> nice. a lot of people like. Uh, this mixer, you know, it's it's your your very pioneer DJM type of layout. You know, mm, right. your four channels and everything's kind of laid out where you expect it to be as far as the cue buttons and the filter and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so anybody will pre- pretty much at home on it. But, you know, and now I, I can't speak to this particular mixer because I haven't held one in my hands yet. But, you know, Reloop stuff's pretty tough. Right. You well, know, it's, it's meaty stuff even from a design perspective you're when you're looking at this you don't think you're looking at a pioneer mixer even though the layout is is pretty similar but um you know like whoever designed this thing you know from everything from colors to like the the graphics on the on the faceplate and everything it 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 definitely has a look all of its own now this one had this one's uh, a thousand bucks i think Uh, sounds about right yeah, yeah so it's you know I wouldn't call it a budget mixer, depending on your, I mean, it, it's a four, or I think they call it a four plus one because it's got an auxiliary channel. Correct. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I've, I'm seeing this a little bit now where you've got like aux ports on top of mm. the mixer. Right. I think the, the Mixars one had this too, or it had a, a three and a half millimeter jack yes. on the front. Yep. yep. So you can like yep. plug a phone or something oh, into it right. if you need to. 
Uh, I which, think they called it a mic input, but yeah, yeah, same switchable thing. though, it, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've got like a fully routable effects system and all that kind of stuff, just like you would expect from a, a DJM ish type uh, type mixer. There's even an equalizer preset. Do you see that there at the bottom? So you've got like a, a switch you can go between classic and kill on the, mm. the EQs. No so if you kidding. like a full kill EQ, you can actually turn that on. Wow. Which is pretty interesting. That is, yeah. Also says Innovator compatible. So I assume it doesn't come with an Innovator. Yeah, it just says that it's compatible. I, I don't know that... It, I'm, always, I'm always really... Uh, weary when something says that it's compatible, you yeah. know, as something like, why else. Why did you specify yeah, that? That's like batteries not included <laughs> is in the fine print, you know, or so now, not nearly as as robust in inputs and outputs as as other mixers that we've seen uh, of of this caliber. But you know, at a thousand dollars, you know, you can you can definitely make this thing work. Well, and so this does have a, a couple of features that you won't see in other mixers in this range. For example, it's got the built-in USB hub, so you can actually connect USB devices to your mixer directly, oh, yeah, yeah. which is kind of, people have toyed with that in the past, but that's starting to become a little more of a thing, which is really nice. Right. So, you know, it's an actual active powered hub in mm. the unit itself, which is handy because, you know, especially for us for us MacBook users who uh, only get access to two ports at a time, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's got a beat effects unit, so it's got your kind of typical effects. It's got a flanger, delay, echo, reverb, transformer, pitch shift, loop roll, reverse loop, noise, bit crusher, gate, tape delay. Um, I'm not going to sit through and go through what all those are, right, but right. they're your typical pretty typical DJ effects, yeah, especially pretty. flanger. That's the most important one. You can throw all the rest out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think i mean if i was going to go if i just wanted a hardware mixer and i was going to go kind of off-brand as it were sure, I, I would sure. be eyeballing this thing hard because uh, well i wouldn't because i'm a tractor user right but, if you were a Silverado user yeah because sure. i mean it's yeah. just i i really like their their approach to stuff because they they make them aesthetically nice but they don't look like toys you know they're right. not super pretty and gadgety and shiny and um, they just look really solid. They're always like heavy metal construction. And, right, and it was right. one thing that really struck me about, about reloop stuff was it just, it felt heavy in the hands, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and to get that kind of build quality for all of the, for, for this kind of, uh, uh, feature set at a thousand dollars versus, you know, right. going full balls and, you know, Nexus or Nexus two DJM and spending twice that. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What do we got next? So, um, kind of turning um uh turning around a little bit and um in the same price range but we're we haven't talked really about any like controllers controllers are still a thing um but we didn't really see or hear too much about new controllers yeah um however gemini seems to uh, uh be hitting the market uh with the sdj 4000 which is a redesign of last year's uh, uh, prototype uh, SDJ 2000. So the whole point of this thing is to be an all-in-one unit. Hmm. So um, ditch the laptop and play all entirely on the unit itself, right? Which is what everybody you know has been screaming at Pioneer for, and they came out with uh, what is it called the XDJRX or something like yeah. that, and um 
And that is a really impressive unit. I've heard nothing but good things about it other than its its size. You know, for for right. for people who prefer the mobility on that unit, you know, that's great. You know, there's no complaints. But for somebody who is looking for, you know, the full size, you know, like the SZ and the RZ uh, and stuff like that, like a lot of people are you know, saying, you know, we need a bigger version of that. So when when they dropped the DDJ RZX or whatever, and everybody thought, there it is, it's the mothership. And then, you know, in fine print, still needs a laptop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how know? am I going to find room for all, all of that? that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so what yeah. Gemini seems to be doing here is is answering that call. Um, so uh, um, it, it, it was on the NAM uh, floor. Um, I don't know if it's actually out and available yet. Yeah, I think it was supposed to come out Q3, so it, it probably will have come out or will be soon, soon when this goes when, live. Once this goes yeah. live, exactly. Um, so um, I've had uh, mixed um, uh, experiences with, with Gemini gear. Um, when it came to CDJs, I was never really impressed. Yeah. But um, when I very first started out, uh, before I became a Pioneer fanboy, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I played on a bunch of Gemini mixers. Um, my very first mixer that I bought with my own money uh, was a, a BPM 250. Uh, the mixer that I was using before that was a borrowed one, and that was a new mark, something or other. Um, and then there were, you know, other Gemini mixers that just, you know, if you didn't have a Pioneer mixer, you likely had a Gemini right. mixer back then, you know. So, um, uh, and I, I always had really great experiences with their mixers. So, being that this is, um, you know, a controller, um, having not put my hands on it, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to think. It, it looks the picture that we're looking at. It looks kind of chunky in the base. Yeah. It doesn't look very uh, very slim in the base, but as far as the layout, um, it looks fairly standard. Um, it looks kind of like something that you would see at like NASA Mission Control, right? Yeah, but that's... like not not like in a space agey way, like it like it's from the fifties, <laughs> right? Like in a like way, it's from like it's but a... it's got screens and stuff on it too, like you know, <laughs> yeah. full color. Yeah, it doesn't color. look bad. It just ha it just reminds me of that. Yeah, like it's very reminiscent of like Star Trek or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how this thing does. Um, I think it's it's slated to uh, hit um, you know for about a thousand dollars, but uh, you know so. As far as the spec sheet, uh, you can connect USB drives or you can use Ethernet link to connect to one of Gemini's other media mm. players. So they, they're very specific about that. So I don't know that you can take turntables or um, or any other uh, media player and hook that up. Um, I mean, just looking at the feature set for for a thousand bucks, it's it sounds fairly impressive. I mean, you can so you can connect. Two USB drives at once, which the reason that's significant is for changeovers, you know, right. and stuff like that. Right. Um, the Ethernet link that at this for Gemini to offer that at, at this price point is surprising. 
right um impressive even assuming it works well uh, right it, it just uh, the only thing the only caveat to that that i would uh, say is that they're the, the the wording is specifically one of our media players mm. so yeah. um you know so as long as you own other uh gemini gear uh, that uses that Ethernet link, then uh, this this could very well be yeah. a, a a good centerpiece for for those units. Um, comes with a mini innovator built in, right? Um, you can mix you know external sources. So I mean, really for a thousand bucks, it's the feature set is impressive. Right. Now whether you know what the actual quality is, you know, time will tell. Exactly. Um, you know, similarly, I I only have sporadic experience with Gemini gear, but mine's, you know, from back before I would have even called myself a DJ, you know, playing on the old like belt drive turntables and stuff. So it's <laughs> right, not a great right, right. comparison. <laughs> yeah. My, my first turntables that I, uh, that I bought were Gemini XL 502s. Thankfully those were direct drive. Ooh, um, fancy. <laughs> right. Don't get too excited. Damn money bags. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, don't get too excited because <laughs> I played on some belt drives that were about the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so also coming from Gemini is the MAS one. Um, so this one is it's uh, more like your typical MIDI controller, right? Correct. So I think the target audience for this one is going to be Ableton live DJs. Um, so okay. the, the whole thing is kind of laid out in like a mixing board style um, with, with some assignable, uh, different, um, pieces here. Um, the, the whole thing is kind of laid out in a way that contrary to like your Novation launch pads and your, uh, Ableton push, uh, controllers where you've got this huge grid, mm -hmm. you know, so instead this gives you four, uh, channel faders plus your master fader and it kind of brings a more classical kind of DJ kind of feel to a much more modern way of DJing. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're using Ableton in that way. Yeah. It's, it's very in comparison to, in comparison to both other DJ control, all in one quote unquote DJ controllers, and other Ableton controllers, it's it it doesn't remind me of anything, right? right you know, it, it, right. it looks more like something that you would see at front of house almost. Yes, you know yep, what I mean. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so like the the bottom left quadrant is the the faders. You know, your one, two, three, four, and your master and a cross fader. Right. And then up above that, you've got what I assume would be used for EQ. You know, EQ and gain knobs. So that part looks mixery, and it's you know it's got. Uh, your typical cue for your headphones and all that. And then over to the right, it's got, you know, all kinds of other various knobs and, and clip triggers. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure how all this works. And maybe you have some more insight being an Ableton guy. I see it's got a scene select down there, rotary knob, right? which uh, is interesting. Yeah. So, and then to the right of that is your, your clip selections. So, you know, uh, Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so those are infinite rotary encoders over there I probably uh I, I would i would imagine that they would be um but um and and i don't really have a whole lot of experience with djing in ableton i've watched a couple of how-to videos but yeah. you know i've got this push that's sitting here collecting dust because that's <laughs> like the next big thing that i want to 
figure out and learn how to do. We'll be um, chatting about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but until I can get to that, you know, just looking at this, um, you know, I've got a couple of assumptions on how this would all work. Um, but, um, it, yeah, I mean, it's not confusing. It just looks, it looks different, different than everything from everything else, else that is, yeah. that is geared, you know, toward that, that Ableton live DJ experience for sure. And at two ninety nine, I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's really not bad. And your your sound card's built in, and everything on this too. Isn't it? Uh, I think I saw some uh, outputs on the the back there. Let's see. Yep. 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 So yeah, especially at three hundred dollars, um, you know, for an Ableton Live controller, you know, I mean, a push will set a push two will set you back seven eight hundred dollars. A push one will set you back three to four. You know, even if you're buying it used on eBay, and those so aren't even necessarily good for DJing, right? Exactly. Or you know, ideal. The, uh, yeah, I mean, they they can definitely be used as such, but you know, they they were geared for the entire Ableton Live experience. So, for if what you're wanting to do is to use Live as you know, your DJ software and what you're looking for is, you know, something that's laid out a little bit more like a DJ mixer, then this, this is a, a really good, um, it looks like a really good, uh, uh, alternative at a really nice price point. Speaking of, uh, uh, interesting controllers, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of, uh, Sean Wasabi? Um, I, only in passing. I know he's yeah. a controllerist, but I, yeah, until this article, I didn't know much about him. Yeah, I, I don't follow him very much at all. But he's he comes from the same vein as like your like Ill Gates and Arab mm. music, you know, finger drummers and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, so apparently, he was uh, working with uh, DJ Tech Tools um, uh, engineers and and such over the past, I think, three or four years. Um, but uh, there is a, uh, a controller called the MIDI fighter. And I believe the original ones, um, you know, had, I think there were four by four. Yeah. They? 16 buttons, which I don't know why anybody would need any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, just for, I, I'm sure a lot of our audience is, is familiar, but just to, to kind of recap, the sure, MIDI sure. fighter is basically just on its surface. All you really see are they're kind of classic. Well, they are classic arcade buttons. Right. So if you've if you ever go to an arcade and you see the classic, you know, not clicky, but the real smooth, divoted, you know, brightly colored arcade buttons. These are those. Right. And the the whole idea is that you know because of the way they're shaped and the. Uh, the spring resistance and everything, the way those are designed, they're designed to A, to take a beating, right? By right. <laughs> kids and stuff, smashing them. Um, and you I can, have destroyed many of those <laughs> buttons. <laughs> bang, bang. Um, but they, Bad they dudes, also, I'll tell you yeah. what. <laughs> but they also spring back really fast. Right. And so you can like, uh, you, you know, in the same way that you might see somebody doing a crab scratch mm -hmm. on a mixer where they kind of use their own finger to, to as a spring. Right. This has that same kind of effect where you can just kind of click, 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 you know, with a, a couple of fingers and, and run them all across there and you get those really fast uh, little chops and stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, the original was was uh, a grid of 16 of these buttons and then they kind of over time they've added different little features and stuff to them. Um, I think it was originally mostly oriented around tractor. I, I don't know if it still is or yeah, not. Yeah, I'm not but, sure. Um, anyways, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So, um, so... Uh, the Sean Wasabi guy has been working with their uh, with DJ Tech Tools engineers to come up with these prototypes 
um, of, of bigger versions of that. So what they've got, right, what he's done is a uh, eight by eight, 64 button <laughs> like, <laughs> grid here uh, or uh, new controller. Um, it's MIDI Fighter 64 Ultra Turbo <laughs> Combo Al- Breaker Alpha Edition <laughs> X. So uh, uh, he's got this like little video up on YouTube and and uh, talking about the history of, of how it came to be. And um, so the long story, very short, is that uh, through some uh, unfortunate events, uh, where the unit was stolen along with his laptop and yada, yada, yada. Right out of their car, I think. Right they out smashed of the car. window and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they he was able to get a new one made, and they uh, DJ Tech Tools actually created, um, I believe it was a 1,000 of them. Yeah, or so, I think, or at least they are. They might still be making right, them. Right, they might still be making yeah. them. So um, Yeah, hand-making a 1,000 of those, That's that's got to be... Tedious. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but they look awesome. I mean, yeah, like yeah. real solid uh, that, you know, they light up in all kinds of pretty ways. And in the demo video, you know, Sean's playing stuff on there and it's lighting up in all kinds of crazy ways. And maybe one of our listeners can, can write in and explain to me how all that stuff gets programmed in. Right. Cause like, they're, I mean, the they're lighting like they're clearly effects that were programmed you know to light up in certain ways because they they're not consistent right you know you can hit the same button and it'll do something else the next time right um just to add a little visual flair which i assume is because of youtube culture and and stuff like that you know (laughs) right right um so it looks like it's available uh for 4.99 uh it's got a few different um uh color options uh you can get it in either white or black with a clear or a solid bottom. Um, so there's four different combinations of those, those two. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty impressive, uh, when you watch the video, but, uh, like David and I were talking before the show, I'm just, I, I don't, like I said, like I said before the show, I think for me, I'm super impressed by people who can do that, but, you know, part of me just says, why? So you you're know, talking like the finger drumming, yeah, like the Arab finger, music. Yeah. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I've, I've watched the Arab music. I've watched the ill gates. I've watched the Sean Wasabi. Like I've watched these videos of these people, super freaking talented. And it's really interesting for me to watch. But the producer in me just wants <laughs> to say, I, you know, I, I, I come up with a, with a pattern and I plug it into MIDI, and it's done. Like, yeah, <laughs> move it's, on to the next thing, right? I, like, you know, I have trouble figuring out where I land on this stuff because right, right. on the one hand, it's like, oh, this is really cool, like in DJ innovation. Yeah, yeah, And absolutely. like, it's turning it more into, you know, adding more instrument playing type aspects sure, to it, which sure. is cool and fun yeah. and all that. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of like faking playing the piano. You know what I mean? Where it's because you're preloading samples and things in whatever key you want. And so you could you could make it so that the grid will only play things that sound good with each other. Right. For one right. thing. You know what I mean? So it's in one sense, it feels kind of cheaty. But then I'm like, well, it's not any more cheaty than letting an entire song play as a DJ. So why do I right. care about that? Right. So but then I bring it back to the keyboarding thing and I'm like, well, it's it 
you know, I just can't figure out where that lands in my head because I have all the, I'm approaching it from all these different angles. Sure. You know, sure. all that being said, I'm the same way. You know, when I watch somebody do it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I'm like, why did you, why did you memorize that whole thing when you could have just programmed it in and, and had it play? And then, right, I, and right. then I take that and I go, well, why did I ever memorize anything for the piano? <laughs> You know what I mean? So it doesn't, yeah. I have to give it up. Well, you know? and, 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 you know, there, like I said, I mean, there's a, there's a particular talent to that. Like, and, and I'm totally impressed by it, but it's just not for me, you know? Mm. So like, it's not anything that I'm interested in learning. So a controller like this would probably be useless for me, but it's, it, it really is a, a, a neat tool and to watch this guy kind of, you know, just go to town on it. Yeah. Um, and if there's anybody who's really super nerded out into and, and into arcade uh, culture, this thing, uh, this thing is um, uh, boasting authentic Japanese Sanwa uh, arcade buttons. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> but um, so I don't know if that's a, a thing, to, <laughs> but... It, Apparently, it's enough of a thing that they they it was worth mentioning. It, they, yeah. Yeah, it was worth mentioning to them. Yeah. So, and really, I'm I'm pretty impressed by the price point. I mean, yeah, for 500 bucks, I you know I would maybe expect that to be the price point if it were coming. You know, if Native Instruments were releasing it sure. or something. But sure. the fact that this is like a limited run of a thousand handmade in San Francisco, right. Like, that's that's pretty impressive. Like I, gotta, if I had I'd give five, it up to DJ Tech Tools for that one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if I had five hundred bucks and and nothing better to do with it, you know, I might yeah. pick one up just to say I've got one of a thousand. <laughs> you know, like that that would be pretty neat. There's one of the uh, classic ones floating around here in Dayton. Our friend uh, Sexbox Dylan, he's got one. I ah. have to see how how he likes it and yeah, maybe get it. A better feel for how they work and i know there was one that came out i don't remember which iteration it was but it it actually had built-in sequencing oh that was like programmed in and but it worked with tractor hmm. so which tractor does not provide that functionality so it was like working with the remix decks in some way to you know so that it would trigger them all in right. sequence and it was, it was pretty neat stuff huh yeah. that's pretty slick yeah all right, so, we got a couple more things to wrap it up here. Yeah, just a couple. Um, it, you know, because you know, even though this is the passionate DJ podcast, you know, uh, occasionally we cross and blur the lines into uh, the production realm. Sure. Um, and it's hard not to. Uh, right. Exactly. And um, you know, some some just some equipment period blurs the line. Yeah. You know, some DJs use what it would typically be called, you know, production equipment as part of their DJ sets, you know, Egyptian lover and the 808, for example, yeah. you know, uh, you know, most people see an 808 inside of a studio, whereas he brings his out and it's part of his show, you know? So, um, and there's, there's a bunch of people and, and, and equipment like that. Um, so, uh, one of the things that I, uh, came across was, uh, the MPC live, um, and the, and the MPC X. So, um, the MPC live is, uh, the smaller of the two. It's, uh, a complete standalone MPC, which apparently, you know, if you follow the, the Akai and the MPC, uh, uh, line, that was, that was something that, 
people were screaming for um, and was one of the reasons that a lot of people didn't go with the Torres when that came out. Mm. So now MPC is is dropping this thing um, and it's coming in at about 11 uh, at a, just under 1200 bucks. Um, but it's battery a, powered too, right? Battery mm-hmm. powered standalone MPC. So no computers required. Uh, it also acts as a control surface with their MPC 2.0 software, uh, with a seven inch full color multi-touch display. So like this thing seems like it's going to be really interactive. So, yeah. um, can you, can you just real quick kind of explain what an MPC is for. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of the, the core pieces of sample culture, right? So yeah. like you load up, you know, like we're looking at the MPC live on the screen right now and it's got 16 pads, uh, in, in the four by four grid. Uh, and then on the, on the display, it's showing waveforms and all of that stuff. So, you know, being able to load each one of those pads and to be able to, you know, trigger them sample, uh, trigger different samples and be able to sequence that stuff out and then, you know, uh, export as, uh, yeah. As, the MPC is where a lot of this, anything to do with pads comes from just exactly, about really. I mean, exactly. a, a lot of hip hop was built on, <laughs> on, on, on MPCs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so just a little bit of, uh, uh, nerdy details on the MPC live. Uh, it's got 16 gigs of onboard storage. So that's, that's not a bad, uh, sample library to, to yeah. build from, uh, to, to work off of. It says that there's 10 gigs of source content included. So, you know, uh, assuming, you know, you can get rid of this crap you don't like, you know, <laughs> you could probably free up some of that, uh, or just ditch it all together and, and load up all of your own. But, you know, even if you keep everything that comes with it, you still have six gigs to, to load up some samples. Um, it's also got an expandable, uh, SATA drive connector. So you can load up a, a, a solid state or, or, a, or a, uh, a, a, a typical spinning arm hard drive. Um, I think you can load thumb drives too. Oh, an SD card slot too. It says, yeah. So, um, so there's room to expand there as, as much as you want pretty much. Absolutely. Um, two gigs of Ram in it, um, you know, for, for sampling, uh, you know, so, and it's got, um, uh, it will have support for Ableton link. Uh, it also says Wi-Fi MPCX. I'm not familiar with that, uh, with that format. Uh, but Ableton link, uh, is actually pretty cool. I was able to play around with it and Serato, you oh, know, nice. just kind of messing around. One so that's day. the time protocol that will sync up external devices exactly. together, right? Exactly. Or software so, or whatever. Yep. So, um, so for the for that it, it's uh it, it you know at 1200 bucks it's a little pricey but if that's the kind of thing that you you know bring into your workflow um then it, it looks like a really nice unit i mean akai just makes really good hardware anyway i've always been a fan of their stuff so kind of just to make a comparison to help maybe a few other people understand what exactly we're looking at, you might think of it as something similar to like a machine or machine studio, but right. uh, as a standalone unit. Exactly. You know, so all the samples and everything are on the hardware. You don't plug it into a control or plug it into a laptop or anything. Right. And it, it doesn't require uh, a DAW to, to yeah. sync up with or anything like that. Yeah. 
Um, so then uh, the other piece that uh, MPC put out is called the MPC-X, which is coming in right around $2,000. And it's basically the big brother to the, to the MPC-Live. It also has the 16-pad 4x4 grid, uh, the uh, touchscreen, but this one I think is like 10-inch, 10.1-inch. Uh, uh, this is like more of like a, a standalone studio rather yeah. than an add-on um, piece. And it's, uh, I got to say, it's it's pretty sexy looking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a hard time not drooling over MPC gear. Yeah. Like, even if I don't need it, it just looks really, really Like, yeah, it would nice. look really good in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even if I never, ever use it, it'll look really, really nice. I think probably a lot of people are excited for this uh, because MPC was always the standalone sampler thing and so now they're kind of taking it back to that hands-on standalone feel put your hands on it don't yeah don't just be clicking crawl all over this yeah yep um so it looks like a lot of the uh the internal guts are about the same so it also has the rechargeable battery it's got um uh two sets of rca record uh uh record player inputs uh also 16 gigs of storage 10 gigs of content included with that also the solid state hard drive and usb and sata expansion uh also support for ableton link and wi-fi so as we move away from that we 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 briefly mentioned the torres sp 16 i think yeah sp 16 as the comparison for that um but Pioneer also uh, released earlier this year the Torres AS1, which is actually a synthesizer. But I thought it was worth the mention because even though it's a synthesizer, it's being produced by Pioneer DJ. DJ for some reason, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but this is a, another one of those Dave Smith uh, instruments, uh, you know, which... Uh, all of the stuff that has his name on it is incredibly sexy and it's, it, it's getting, you know, really great reviews and stuff like that. So, um, this comes in at just about, uh, probably around $500. Uh, you know, it's been out for, uh, since January. So, you know, I, I would imagine it's probably still around that same price point. You know, I'm, I, I haven't looked, but I- I would guess that you'd be hard pressed to find a, a good, high quality, true analog synth for five hundred bucks right. in 2017. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably the big, the big sticking point with this guy. Yeah, for sure. So if you're a DJ and you want to, uh, you know, uh, integrate a analog synth into your into your sets, this is a uh, this this looks like a really sexy piece to. Uh, to do that with. Now, I mean, one thing you can do is tie this in with the SP-16. So if you have like a live sequencing performance thing happening, then you can actually use that to reference this synth as sure. part of that whole live setup. So, you know, maybe we're just getting hung up because they're called, the division's called Pioneer DJ and not like right. Pioneer Live Electronic Performance <laughs> or something. But right. Uh, right. yeah, so when you when you think of it in that context, that kind of helps, sure. you know. But sure. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a little... You know, it, it can't be any bigger than. It's got to be smaller than a shoebox. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, pretty thin, but it's uh, you know, it's got a uh, uh, touch strip that's similar to like what you find on Native Instruments stuff now, yeah, where right, it's right. Uh, you know touch sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, which I never thought I would actually like, 
but um, I actually have the Control S25, and you know they replaced your um, your uh, bend wheel, yeah. and mod wheel yep. with those touch strips. And, you know, they add some other functionality to it. So, like, depending on how you touch it and how you, you know, have it set up, yep. you know, you can do some pretty funky stuff with it that you just can't get out of your, you know, traditional wheels. So, yeah, uh, like I'm it, actually kind of a fan of the whole touch strip now. Me too. I, I never thought about, I would. I don't know about replacing jog wheels with it like Native <laughs> Instruments did, but, um, but on the S8, but... Uh, for me, I, I, at least, you know, in that context, I'm, I'm actually, you know, kind of becoming a fan of these touch strips. I, I am, too. And, and, you know, kind of just to give a, a little illustration of what you're talking about. So I have a, a similar, you know, device the, uh, the in the Control S line mm -hmm. and it's got the touch strips. And if you like certain presets or whatever, if you move with your finger across the touch strip, you know, the little LED light lights up alongside your finger to indicate where you're at. But if you, you can kind of fling it and it'll bounce, <laughs> yeah. you know, it'll like come up to the top and then bounce down and it'll keep modding that way and it'll decelerate. So right. it, it's hard to explain over just an audio, audio description, right. but it's, yeah, it adds some cool little tricks. There's also, you can, you can set it, um, you can tweak a setting inside of that to where like you can just fling it and instead of it bouncing back and forth, you know, from top to bottom, you know, uh, uh, as a as a ceiling and a floor, it'll just keep going in whatever direction you fling it. Oh, okay. So like then it's an just infinite like yeah, an thing. infinite rise or an infinite fall. So it, it it's it, it you know it it's been interesting to play with. I haven't actually used it in anything that I've put out yet. Yeah. But you know, just in those like experimental like <laughs> middle of the night sessions, yeah. you know, oh, I wonder what happens if I. <laughs> So it looks like, um, you know, a lot of companies, like you said, to your point, are, are going this touch strip route, which is actually pretty cool. Um, you know, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of touch strips as I started seeing them more often. But now it, it's it's a really neat uh, feature to, to have on there. But they also so on the on the synth, they have your your keyboard is also these like flat pad it's almost like the same touch strip material is all across there and right. you know the the buttons are just kind of painted on or whatever right, marked right, on there right um so you're not going to have you're not going to want to play keys on this you know this is not a midi controller or right. anything this is right. more you would think of this as a modular or rack mountable type synth that you just connect to with midi or whatever yeah. um with the added convenience of being able to preview things on the unit itself exactly yeah yeah which is why I've always had uh, 25 key um, yeah. uh, controllers. You know, anytime, uh, anytime I've ever owned an actual um, MIDI controller keyboard, I always go with the 25 because I don't. I'm not. A, I, I don't play. You're not playing Chopin's uh, Revolutionary <laughs> Etude here <laughs> nope. when Gina goes to bed. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nothing like that. You know, it, it's Me always. Neither, don't worry. <laughs> it's yeah. So the having the keys there have always been for a preview type of yeah. uh, functionality. So and that's exactly what I would imagine this would be. You know, just get something to kind of noodle around. Um, just to see what something sounds like, but then you would have this linked up to whatever your sequencer of choice is so that you can actually tell it what you want yeah. it to play. <laughs> well, they say it's based off the Prophet 6, so it, it probably sounds pretty cool. Well, uh, yeah, especially, like <laughs> I said, with the, anything that uh, has been coming out with Dave Smith's name on it, you know, has been getting pretty, pretty rave reviews, so. 
All right, cool. I think that's pretty much going to get us caught up, man. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what comes out in, in the latter half of the year. But, yeah. you know, most of the stuff usually comes out at NAM or, you know, in the summer. So, right. Uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm eyeballing Native Instruments and wondering what they're up to right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've been kind of quiet lately. Yeah. yeah. Wondering what the next big thing is. I'm wondering if they're ever going to come out with a Z4 or, a you know, something like that. Some some mixer device or if they've got something new up their sleeves. They haven't come out. Usually they'll come out with like a, a mega sale before they announce something big. <laughs> right. You know, like, hey, get the Control S8 for it's forty percent off, and everyone goes, "Holy shit!" And they go and buy it, and then they go, "Ah, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. That, I mean, that that just seems to be their their model because they do the same thing with like their software. Yeah, and sometimes though, I mean, lately, like they've done that with the Control Z two once or twice, where they just drop the price and drop the price, and it's it's still going. Hmm. You know, so it's maybe they're they're extending that strategy over a little more right, time now yeah. but yeah try to offer more inventory yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well that was fun appreciate yeah. you uh looking all those up for us and if anything else interesting comes along the way here in the the second half of the year i will probably just catch those along the way if they absolutely unless they start queuing up you know <laughs> right. holidays you know big time too so yeah absolutely yeah we'll check back in yeah <laughs> Again, Native Instruments is really good with those uh, uh, the Black Friday sales too. Everything's everything's fifty percent off. Buy my shit. Buy my shit. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. We'll catch you later. Easy. our basement flooded recently too but it was for a separate reason (laughs) like on the finished side where the studio is no luckily that side was okay Okay, okay. um and stacy's gonna kill me but (laughs) what actually happened was i guess it's only partly her fault um (laughs) (laughs) hear that bus coming stacy yeah right right (laughs) 